When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Late night Midnight on the interstate And I didn't feel so great Until I saw the city Welcome back to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Thanks as always for tuning in. My guest today, Bill Guerin, the Wild General Manager. Uh, he and I sat down yesterday in Dallas uh, before the Wilds 4-1 loss to the Dallas Stars um, and uh, talked a lot about the trade deadline, talked a lot about the funk that the Wild are in and some of the deficiencies within the roster right now, um, talked about uh, his hope that this team can figure out its uh, goal-scoring woes, and uh, last night was just another example of the Wild uh, being incapable of scoring right now. It is just what a difference a year has made. Last year, the Wild were third in the NHL in five-on-five goals. This year, they are down to 28th and sinking, and the team is sinking. They've lost five of the last seven games, um, and um, I'm trying to see right now. They're a point from essentially falling out of the playoffs right now. They do have a game in hand on Calgary. The Wild play the Vegas Golden Knights uh, tonight at home to kick off a seven-game homestand. But, you know, there's just this ominous feeling right now, the way that the team is playing. And it's not just, one, it's it's the fact that they're pretty much full roster for a while now. Obviously, Jonas Bordina is out with a lower body injury. We'll see um, how serious that is. Uh, he blocked seven shots the other night, uh, several off his foot late in the game. So that's probably, um, you know, somewhat what's going on with him. And hopefully it's not a long-term uh, injury because we know that how imperative Jonas Bordina is to the wild success. Um, but, it's not just that they're healthy and losing. It's that, th- that they have had so much regression inside their lineup and there's just been no signs that they're going to snap out of it. And last night was just a great example. Um, 40 shots on goal. So plenty of scoring chances in the game. They took six penalties in Arizona the other night. Last night they took one. And let's be honest, Jamie Ben belly flopped. It was a dive. Ryan Hartman should not have been penalized there. Um, uh, you know, and other than the penalty shot that was uh, awarded to Foxa for the trip by Jordan Greenway, the Wild essentially were disciplined last night. So 40 shots on goal. Um, they scored a power play goal, um, disciplined in the game, and just couldn't figure out a way to score one even strength goal even. Um, and then on a power play in the third period that had a chance to pull within one, uh, the Wild didn't score on that power play, didn't even get a shot on that power play. So just really disappointing that the way that the team has been playing. Uh, Ryan Hartman obviously having a very, very tough season. Jordan Greenway's production is just zero. Marcus Foligno having a very tough time this season and had a really tough night in Dallas the other night. So it's getting very concerning here. Now, I talked to Bill Guerin, as you'll hear during this podcast, about the team and his uh, desire to go out and maybe make some changes, but he still wants to be patient and give and hope that guys like Hartman, Greenway, and Felino start scoring. But it's been 50 games this year, and, and so far it hasn't happened, and there's been no signs that that is changing. So that's the concern right now. And if you're Bill Guerin, do you make a trade now to try to save the season and get some scoring in the lineup? Or do you be a little more patient, see what happens on the seven? game homestand and where you stand right afterwards. 
there's they're in this awkward spot right now because they've banked you know intentionally um bill garen in the front office has done a have done a really good job this year taking a team that has very little cap uh, flexibility and creating a ton of cap space going into the deadline the wild essentially could add according to cap friendly right now and again it goes up by the day because you accrue cap space through the season they could add a 10.3 million dollar player a 10.3 million dollars worth of players at the deadline without even giving up a a single penny so this was what bill garen i think when he thought this team could be a true contender was planning all along is to go use that cap space as capital and go and, and swing for the fences and try to get some significant players in here but this team is giving him no reason to do that because one they might not even make the playoffs and two um is it really worth taking a team that's struggling to this degree this at this important juncture and giving up a first-round pick or valuable assets to go out and get a rental when you might not even make the playoffs and at a minimum, you know you can't re-sign that player? And similarly, you can't go out and give up prospects or picks for anybody with term because the Wild can't afford anybody with term because of the dead cap money next year at $14.7 million and $14.7 the, the following year. So I don't know what he's going to plan to do. There's really two methods that I think he can do is go out and try to get rentals on the cheap. So maybe you can go out and get a JVR or something like that if the price isn't high. Um, Or uh, essentially use weaponize that cap space do what teams like Arizona do a lot at the trade deadline and maybe try to get another team to give you a bad contract or expensive players and ha- and be sort of either that third party conduit or landing spot for contracts and then you acquire assets or prospects um, but you know maybe draft picks um, would be the more likely method um, in a draft that is going to be super loaded this year and you give Judd Brackett more you know uh, bullets in the chamber so it's just going to be interesting on how the wild do this, but this is, you know, a team right now that uh, just is not playing well. And again, nine of the last, um, uh, or they've lost five of seven, but I was looking back at the 2019 season, the last time the Wild missed the playoffs. And the Wild came out of the break and lost nine of their first 10 and just did an absolute belly flop in in, um, in the month of February. If you remember, um, that was when they traded Nino Niederreiter. Then the day the buy started, they picked up Anthony Boteto off waivers. That gave them too many players. So it was a really confusing move by Paul Fenton in the front office. And then because they had too many players, when they came out of the break, they took JT Brown and Nate Prosser, an unbelievably popular player inside that locker room, and sent them both to Iowa. And then the team just absolutely absolutely flopped from there. Um, and didn't make the playoffs. So they went, They wound up sort of getting themselves out of it at, at the end of February and going on a little bit of a tear. But right now, this this team is just not playing well. Didn't uh, look good at times against Dallas last night. They're just, um, you know, it, it's just uncharacteristic of this team's identity. We're in critical junctures inside games. They are turning pucks over, making bad fundamental decisions. We saw that the other night. Uh, miscommunication off the faceoff of Chikrin's second goal and then the winning goal by Jack McBain. Um, two defensemen get caught, and then for some ungodly reason, Matt Zuccarello loses his mind and just goes in for the for, to, for a high risk play, and boom, breakaway the other way for the losing goal that Marc Andre Fleury couldn't stop. So um, they are, and again, last night, you know, for the most part, they played pretty well. They were turning pucks over way too often, but they turned the puck over on the first goal. Kalen Addison takes a really bad decision on the second goal, and then a really weak forecheck by the uh, grief line on the third goal uh, leads to. Um, uh, leads to uh, uh, the game losing goal essentially um, you know to me once it went up three nothing that was it but I just don't get what what the 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 plays that a lot of these guys are making like guys like Marcus Foligno they should be a 
nuts and bolts, get the puck deep line and go to work. And they're trying to make these ridiculous plays in the neutral zone, not getting pucks deep. And it just continually bites them. And last night it was unconscionable in the first period and the first 10 minutes of the second, how many ridiculous turnovers the Wild made either in their own zone by defensemen or at the offensive blue line or at center ice by by forwards. I mean, and normally reliable guys like Freddie Goudreau, Karol Kaprizov, Zuccarello, um, Foligno, um, man, Sam Steele, just a horrendous play last night at the offensive blue line. Just get the puck deep. I, d- I just don't understand the way that this team is playing lately. And it's put themselves in an unbelievable, fragile position here uh, going into this homestand that is not going to be easy. They got teams with an average of over 600 point percentage coming in here between Dallas and Colorado and and uh, New Jersey and uh, tonight against Vegas, who until the win against Nashville the other night had been struggling. So tonight, Marc-Andre Fleury will get the start. We'll get an update, Joe Smith, on uh, Jonas Bardeen's prognosis uh, before the game when Dean Evison talks at five. Um, and hopefully on this podcast, you'll learn a lot more of what Bill Guerin is thinking about this team and his uh, philosophy going into this year's trade deadline. We do talk about Marco Rossi on this podcast a lot, and I just don't get the impression that they want to bring him up right now and throw him into the lion's den right now at the most important part of the year. And then if for some reason he does not succeed, then people start to really question him and the pressure ratchets up on whether or not he's not going to be the player that the Wild hoped when they drafted him. So I don't think that Bill Guerin wants to put him in such a difficult spot right now, but we'll see. Um, desperate times for call for desperate methods at time, you know, de- uh, desperate, desperate times call for desperate uh, things at some points. Um, and right now, you know, the wild might have a plan today that could very well change in a week. You know, same thing. You'll see a trade tracker come up on a lot of things that Bill Guerin talks about on this podcast. And remember the context of that was going into last night's game. Well, in a week or two, if they continue to struggle, um, you you know, obviously, uh, things could change and he could go into cell mode and then everything they said about Goligoski or Dumbo or, you know, even a Reeves that maybe then he starts moving bodies out of here uh, right now and, and gets ready for the future. But we'll see. The one thing about the Wild is they have traditionally, and especially this season, been a team where every single week what you say on a podcast uh, is totally doesn't age well. I cannot explain to you how many times on my other podcasts, where it's in the house, we either go in with doom or gloom or we go in raving about this team and a week later, it's a totally different narrative. So that's the one thing about the Wild is they usually figure out a way to get themselves out of tough, tough situations and maybe this will be their latest. Um, first, before we get to Bill Guerin, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Well, as always, uh, thanks to be uh, to Billy Guerin for uh, coming on straight from the source, especially you know three weeks and two days before the trade deadline. Bill, I know that uh, a lot of times uh, GMs would definitely not want to be doing a podcast, and and again, uh, preemptive to let everybody know. I mean, Bill Guerin cannot talk about names and trade targets and things like that. That is considered tampering, and you can get in a lot of trouble. So, well, we'll talk generally here. Um, but Bill, uh, first of all, we're coming out on a day where uh, where the Minnesota Wild, for the first time ever, number one ranked on the athletic uh, prospect list by Scott Wheeler, and it just really just shows how uh, you know I, I think that we both agree that the the cupboard was pretty bare when you got here. You know they had just gotten Matt Boldy and actually had a really good draft right before that, um, but it just feels like you have added a lot of top top draft picks to the to pipeline here, and it's got to be exciting for you. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Honestly, that was. Uh it's really nice to see um, that uh, you know other people have noticed the the work that that we've done. 
um, you know, Judd Brackett and, and uh, Rico Pearson, Dan Palango, you know, have done a fantastic job with our amateur scouting. Um, you know, uh, you know, our pro staffs uh, helped identifying, uh, you know, Brock Faber in, 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 you know, the, the, the trade for Kevin Fiala and things like that. So there's a lot of work that's gone into it. We've made a conscious effort to, like you said, restock the shelves. Um, we, we had to do that here, uh, just with the timing of, of everything. And it, it it's, it's extremely important mm-hmm. and you know, we're, I'm very confident in our staff and uh, in the development guys to have been, you know, um, Brad Bombardier and, and Matt Hendricks, Cody McLeod. They've done a fantastic job with these young players and, um, you know, we're going to need them. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice recognition. And, and, you know, I, I, we're real proud of our our staff that that puts that together. Yeah, when you first, I remember when I talked to you about uh, about Judd. I mean, he was essentially a free agent. I mean, there were a lot of teams that were going to be going after him. Um, what was that whole process like? It was it was weird. It was like a month that he couldn't. If I remember, his, we all knew his contract was ending, but he wasn't allowed to talk to teams. Yeah. And and uh, you obviously identified him pretty quick and kept him from going to other organizations like, you know, uh, reportedly Seattle and, and places like that. Yeah, we jumped on him pretty quick. Um, you know, it, it's kind of funny, but Judd and I never knew each other personally, but we actually played for the same junior team back in <laughs> yeah. in Ma- Massachusetts. And, um, you know, and, and then, you know, we – you know, I started connecting the dots and things like that. And then Judd and I got to finally meet and talk. And, um, I think, you know, instantly when you have the, the type of connection that we, that we had, uh, through our old coach and, and things like that. Um, I mean, that was a long time ago too. Like you just have a little bit more of a trust factor mm-hmm. and, and I knew what Judd was all about you know, through other people. The, um, we're coming to, we're doing this podcast in Dallas, by the way, and it's uh, before the wild play the stars. And this is going to probably come out before the wild play the golden Knights. So obviously we don't know what's going to happen tonight, uh, Bill, but you know, the, the team is, I mean, you had to be extremely disappointed with the, with the loss the other night in Arizona. That's a hardworking team. Uh, they showed at the coyotes and, and it just feels like this time of year, maybe the last two or three weeks, we started to see just little little areas of the game where it's just not as disciplined. And I'm not even talking about penalties. I'm, you know, structural issues, you know, uh, mistake, fundamental mistakes like the last goal the other night where, you know, two defensemen get caught and a guy makes a bad read and next thing you know, it's a breakaway goal. Yeah, those are, those, uh, those plays kill you, especially this time of year. And, um, you know, this, this next stretch of games is, is the most critical in our schedule. Uh, you know, Dallas is a top team. We've got them twice. We got Vegas, we've got Colorado, we've got New Jersey, all top teams. And, you know, we need to, we need to, to fine tune the detail in our game is, you know, is as a team and, and more importantly, as individuals, we need, we need guys to, to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we've we've talked about it at length, but we we just do that. That's the that's the God's honest truth. And you know, we we we've talked about five on five scoring. You know, till we're blue in the face, but but we need it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's you know, I, I wasn't worried. Um, I wasn't worried about getting you know having to trade Kevin um, because we had such good depth scoring, and now we're missing it, and it's hurting us. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we have to we have to find a way 
uh, to get some of that back. Yeah. When you look back at that, you know, since you brought that up, I mean, you know, do you feel like, all right, if I had known this, maybe you could have approached that whole thing differently or is the math, the math. And the reality is buying out Parisian Suter bought you one year of Fiala, but you just right. knew that there was no way to, to really, you know, if you're going to field a, you know, other guys yeah. on the team, there well, was just I, no way I to do it. I think a lot of people forget that, that if we didn't go through with the buyouts, we would not have had Kevin yeah, early. last year. All right. He would have had to go, or somebody, or, and and you can't if you add up, you know, all the money, you'll get rid of half your team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, you know, yeah, you have to sacrifice one guy for the for the greater good, and that's that's what we did. We we had to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's very tough to to nickel and dime your way to, you know, six and a half, seven, seven and a half million dollars, right? Um, so no, I mean, Hey, look, that, that was just the way it had to be done. The, um, you, you know, obviously you're in a precarious position in the, in the playoff race right now. And you just talked about the murderers row homestand you're coming up. So how do you approach that? Do you feel like after this homestand, you're going to sort of know how to approach the trade deadline? Or do you almost have to look at it like now, like, Hey, we're 50 games into the season. This team has showed me that they can't score uh, consistently five on five, and maybe I got to make a move now to try to add that. Yeah, it's it's a really good question. It, it's I've thought of it both ways, to be quite honest with you, and it's 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 tough because you know right now asking prices are a lot, and you know, we just saw that with the Horvat trade. Yeah, and you don't want to. You know, we're not. We're still just not in a position where we want to give up first and second round picks. Um, you know, for somebody we know that will be a rental. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and then, you know, we, we hope that, that you know, Greenway can start scoring more. Hartman can start scoring more. Felino can start scoring more. Like, uh, guys like that can just start contributing, you know, offensively a little bit more. Um, you know, and that, that would be the best scenario mm-hmm. because uh, – you know, then we can, you know, we can solve a lot of things, a lot of problems internally. And that's, that's what I'd love to see happen. Right. The, uh, it is amazing. Like you have an interesting trade deadline, uh, you know, situation that you got to pay here is it's like, you have a lot of cap space. Um, but you're also in that position where, and maybe coupled with where you're on the standings that you for rentals is what you could afford, what you would want to get, but you don't want to give up that first and second round pick. And some of those top prospects that are on Scott Wheeler's poll today. So how do you handle that? And the other is you can't take term. So how do you, how do you go get rentals like good rentals that could help without wanting to give up top prospects? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird spot where we're, we're definitely in kind of, we've kind of got like a foot, in in each uh, situation, you know, like lots of cap space where we could do something, but we can't we can't have anybody signed past next year or past this year, so we don't want to give up prospects and things like that. So we, we've kind of got one foot in, one foot out. But you know, I, I think over the next couple of weeks we'll re- we'll really be able to kind of dial in and, and figure out mm-hmm. what we're going to do. Um, every other game, I decide in my own head what your biggest need is. And I, I, part of me wonders if you're in the same boat. Like the other night, I'm like, man, do they need a center? Right. And then a game before that, I'm like, God, they got to get a winger to help Boulder. Um, yeah. You know, like where where are you with that? Because you can't I'm, do I'm everything. I'm the same way. Yeah. No, I'm the same way because, 
you know, our, our, our team is, is, has been, uh, I don't want to say inconsistent, but we've been kind of consistently inconsistent, mm -hmm. you know, like, so one night we need, like, I'm the same one night. I feel we need, Oh man, we need a center. But then the next night it's like, Oh God, we're just not scoring five on five. We, we could really use anybody to help us score. Mm -hmm. But, um, again, I think that's why, I think that's why I need to be really patient mm -hmm. and, and just really give this team all the time I can to, to be consistent, consistently better. Yeah. You know, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. And the other, I mean, the other thing is you wait, the longer you wait, maybe the prices are going to come down because it is, it's crazy to me, the number of actually good players that are available this deadline at, at not only just center and wing, but, but defense and things like that. Oh, I, mean, I got to, th I got to think these prices are going to come down or people are going to get left holding on to players that they don't plan as in their future. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't get the feeling right now that a lot of that a lot of guys are necessarily looking to spend a lot on rentals. I I, I just I get that feeling. I I mean that's the way I am. It, it's it's um, there there are so many good players out there that mm -hmm. could be available. Um, but you know what? I, I mean, you just for me, it's 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 just weighing you know what, what what you're getting and what you're giving up and and is it worth it mm -hmm. you know? with the with the prospects have you in with your staff really started to rank like where they are on the totem pole and are there is there a line of guys that say all right you know what from at this point we would be willing to move certain prospects for rentals no no we don't we don't like we don't rank our own guys and and have like a line drawn like okay anybody below this line <laughs> will will give up no it, it's like, like i said like hey if if something really makes sense and we have to sacrifice a prospect but it, but the, it really makes sense mm -hmm. um then maybe that's what we could do you know um because they can't but, all play here eventually like you know well you, you know <laughs> hey look you know you look look at the deal that that we made uh with with Los Angeles and you know after years of accumulating picks you know they they felt they were able to give up Brock and mm -hmm. and you know I think someday sometime down the line we'll be able to do that mm -hmm. and I, I just don't think it's I don't necessarily think it's right now though yeah does part of that have to do with where you are on the standings that you if you what holy crap what if I gave up a top three prospect of ours and we don't make the playoffs yeah oh yeah for sure like and you just don't want to I mean you don't want to do it it it's just hard to give those kids up anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the risk risk reward, you know, like mm -hmm. what, what's more important to you, you know, right now for what, what, what are you going to get more out of? You're going to get more out of it right now. Or are you going to yeah. get more out of it? You know, two years down the, down the right. road. Yep. Which is again, the shame of not being able to have the cap space pass this year, because you look right. at the, like your Zucker trade is a perfect example of that. Like, yeah. like Jim was willing to give up Addison in a first, cause he knew he had three years of cost control of Zucker, you know? So, yeah, you know, totally. Yeah. yeah, totally. And yeah, I, I, if I was him, I would have done it too. Yeah. Like it, it's, uh, you know, that that's, if you're getting, if you're getting a player and he signed it, there's a lot of value to that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, centers, um, I, when you sent Marco Rossi down to the Myers, I mean, did you expect it to be this long or is part of it because of how healthy you have been? 
I, I had a feeling it could be this long. I mean, I, I think Marco was probably a little further away than maybe we wanted to admit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he's done so well and handled it so well. And he's playing, he is playing very well. Um, so it's, it's worked. And I think this, this really proves that when you, when you have young players and, you know, things aren't going, they need to play. They need to play in the American hockey mm-hmm. league and it's so good for them and they get more confident and <coughs> excuse me, they believe in themselves. And, uh, you know, so hopefully that's, that's what he's feeling right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, yeah, the matter of fact is that we, we don't have a place for him to, to play right now. So continue to do what you're doing and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the day will come. And, uh, but I think right now it, it's, Good that Marco's just super focused on on you know being in Iowa and, and helping that team. Do you do you feel like if five on five scoring or the center play is continues to be a concern before the deadline that that the time is that he is he has he shown you enough that he is ready to be putting a top six role here that could help right now or do you feel like he just needs to stay down there and and even if it's the rest of the way and hopefully he comes back to camp a different player. You know what? I, I I don't want to bring Marco up and and just say, well, here, problem solved. We right. got our guy. Yeah. It's too much pressure for a young kid. It, it really is. If if we ever bring him up and he gets in and he does that, then great. Then then we're better off for it. But to to for me to say, you know, we're going to take this kid who struggled at the beginning of the year and just insert him back into our lineup in the toughest time of year, and he's going to do great. That's, that's, I don't think that's fair, um, to put that kind of pressure on him right away. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, if we bring him up and he gets in and he does it, then, then great. But I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to sit here and say, this is coming. Right. You know, and, and what he's got to do when he comes back though, is he's got to, sh- he's got to not just dip your toe in and, and, yeah, and yeah, be yeah. There. like, yeah. you know, just, I'm um, back in the NHL. I mean, he's got to almost do what guys like Sammy Walker have done. Even the times Adam Beckman, where you notice them and, and yeah, you got, yeah. yeah, you gotta, you gotta jump in, man. You gotta play like, mm-hmm. and that was the whole thing. You know, Marco's Marco's such a great kid and he's so focused and he wants to do the right thing all the time. And sometimes he gets paralysis by analysis mm-hmm. instead of just, we need, we want youthful energy. We want you to just go out and compete and play hard. And you know what? We'll live with some of the mistakes, even though defensively he doesn't really make a lot. But like, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, take a chance once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, go score. We want you to score. We won't be mad. Like, just go play. Right. And and you know, but that that's sometimes that's uh, easier said than done for some players. Right. Um. Uh. Wallstead's having uh, just he's on a tear right now down there. Um, you know, after I mean, again, proof positive that this is a different world in the in North America. I mean, he struggled at the beginning of the season. He mm. was getting used to angles and things like that. Now he's you know he's singing in the net. He's doing the wave in the net at the All Star game. Like it seems like he is in, in a confident, confident position. Yeah, that's great. I mean, <laughs> you know what? Again, you know what? I, uh, a really good, talented young player um, playing in the American Hockey League. You know, can you imagine just sticking him in the net here and having his struggles early? Well, that that's just a lot, you know. Yeah. So 
I'm, I'm, a, I'm just a big believer in, in the American Hockey League and as a development league for us and, and what our young players can go through down there before they come up here. It's, it's a lot more pressure. It's a lot – the stakes are a lot bigger, I'm, I'm sorry to say. And I, I, it, so we need, them, we need them to spend the appropriate amount of time mm-hmm. down there and, and, and you know, develop and, and, and gain confidence. And Yeah, it is. It's good to see them doing that. You know, it's good to see them – uh, you know, enjoying the all-star game there and, and letting his personality come out and things like that. I, I, I'd love seeing that. Do you, um, the way that he's playing, does it make you change your plan on wanting to, you know, quote over Bacon down there or do no. you, yeah, no, I mean, you still flurry Gustafson and you see as your tandem here next year. Yeah. Yep. <coughs> um, hey, look, like I don't hold me to it. Right. But yeah, that's, that's, that's what I feel. And I, I, I just don't. You know, his his career is not only important to the Minnesota Wild, extremely important to the Minnesota Wild, but it's extremely important for him. And you don't want to do, you know, a young goalie a, a disservice and and bring him up too early. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's. But you know, hey, look that 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 could be sooner than later. But we have to we have to take our time and, and, and think about those decisions. Um, could a lot depend on Gustafson contract negotiations or that it would not have to do it? No, I, I don't think so. I, I think, uh, you know, I think we're just, the way I look at it is, you know, that will take care of itself. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like we're, we're in a really good spot with our yeah. goaltending. Do you think Gus is the biggest surprise that you've uh, had so far this season? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, I, mean yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't imagine you thought that we'd be seeing this. No, no. I mean, we knew he had talent. You know, in 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 talking to all the people involved in bringing him here, it was, you know, pretty unanimous that this this kid had talent, and we could help him. Um, we just need to figure out how. Yeah. And when he got here, he was willing to do all the, the, the work that he had to do. And, and, you know, his, like, like, you know, like Freddie said, uh, you know, Freddie Shabbat, he, he's very talented yeah. and, you know, he, he's, he's gotten into better shape. He's gotten, you know, more focused and I think he's a lot more relaxed. Um, you know, he, yeah, he's done a fantastic job. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing I, I, I've, you know, know about you guys is you do so much pre-planning. I mean, you know, even though the Talbot trade might have happened last second, it's not like the you focusing on Gustafson happened. You 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 guys pre-plan that for months on different scenarios mm-hmm. of what if and yeah. you know what if Flurry is not coming back. What if we have to trade Talbot? So it's not like Gustafson just all of a sudden you were looking for no. A he didn't. In a it didn't. We didn't just say just throw in Gustafson. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, yeah. If if we weren't getting him back, the deal would not have happened. Right. Um, a lot of uh, guys on that prospect uh, pool by Je- Scott Wheeler are people that Wild fans are starting to get uh, excited about. Two are who's Nadinov and Yurov. Uh, Yurov, man, I, there are a lot of people that are talking about, like this kid is quite the talent, and yet we're not really seeing a lot of a lot of ice time with him this year. Right? Which is, is that a concern with you guys that you would want to bring him over right away, or would it be better for them to hopefully resign him for a year and then maybe even two, and maybe you can bring in Ogre and Hosendinov and, and you're off together in a couple of years. Yeah. You know what? It, it's one of those things where it's so different just dealing with Russia. It, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's really tough dealing with, with those teams and, you know, the fact that he's not playing a lot, it, it's pretty normal. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you, you always see 
you know, the, the pressure points being put on kids and, you know, he's young, you know, and, and again, you know, we have to weigh all these different things and, and I can't imagine, you know, being, you know, 19 years old or, or, you know, even just a little older, leaving my home country to go play somewhere and it's going to be extremely difficult and those are hard things and those are, so I don't know. Sometimes you're better off waiting. Sometimes you're not, you know, like even with Kirill, like Kirill just wasn't ready to come over when he was younger Mm -hmm. and, and look how well he, you know, it's worked out for him and, and, and for us, you know, he, he did his developing, you know, in, in the KHL and in the Olympics and, you know, experiences like that. So, um, and each guy's different, you know, I think, uh, you know, Merritt is probably a little bit closer just because of his age and, and his experience, but yeah, uh, your office is, he's, he's a talent. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, one, a couple of prospects that we, that we, it seems like we always discount the college guys because we're always, you know, all excited about the guys that are in junior or or in Europe, but a couple, you have a couple of decisions to make coming up here on Nestorenko and Warren. Um, where are you guys with that? Uh, you mean as for what? Like as for signing them, or do you think that there's a chance that they would, you know, uh, you know, not be? Signed well, I mean, we we want to sign them both, right? You know, and and you know, I think it's just a matter of right now. It's just a matter of letting them, you know, get through their college season mm-hmm. and just kind of, you know. Uh, doing their thing and then we'll we'll take care of business when when that's done okay um recently you guys uh made the decision to scratch you know guys ryan hartman matt dumba um how much that decision is is in concert with you or or is that do you leave that totally up to the coaching staff no dino and i talk about it we Mm -hmm. we talk about it a, a, a great deal and you know just like any other important decision you know we we really try to put the time into it and make sure we've you know, thought of everything mm-hmm. and, and, you know, in the end, they're just, they're just, they're tough decisions. A player's not going to be happy. We know that he's going to be pissed off at us or thinks he's getting screwed or whatever, but you know, we also have to think of the team mm-hmm. and, um, and we're also trying to think of the player, you know, Ryan was taking stupid penalties mm-hmm. and, and it hurt him and it hurt us. And you know what? Like, you know, Matt was making some poor decisions and, you know, I, I, I know he's played some good hockey for us over the years and, but you know what, there were, there were decisions that he, he needs to think a little bit more about. And you know what, we have Alex Goligoski sitting in the stands who's ready to go at all times. Why wouldn't we use him? Again, we, we know they're, they're not, it's not a popular decision with the player. It stinks. Mm-hmm. We don't like making it. I mean, I, I can't imagine being told I'm I'm not playing. I'd be so pissed off. Yeah. But were you ever held in scratch or, or never? Um I think uh once once very early in my career like honestly, like opening night uh, for the Devils. That was yeah. that was the only time. Interesting. Um, Especially with Dumba, like, because we all think that he has a chance of being traded. I mean, that was probably one of the things that you had to weigh in your own head is like, hey, does this now create the perception he's not playing well or or things like that or that? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he wasn't. Mm -hmm. But you know what? (laughs) People are at our games watching. So we're not fooling anybody. Like, but and this is the thing, too. 
there there's a there's a track record there too mm-hmm. of quite quite a long track record for Matt Dumba playing some really good hockey, and you don't just become a bad player overnight. Like mm-hmm. he's he's still a good hockey player. You look how he came back. He played maybe his best game of the year against Tampa Bay. Like right. he was phenomenal. Um, and he's been good ever since. Like it, it, I mean, I hate to say it worked, but it, it, it did. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with Hartsey, it's just, that was more of a team thing. It's like, guys, we, we cannot take penalties. Even the other night, I mean, we took seven penalties. This, if we want to win, if we want to, you know, everybody's making a big deal about us not getting to the second round. Well, if we want to get to the second round, I'm not interested in getting to the second round. I'm interested in winning Stanley Cups. That's 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 where I'm at. But if we want to do that, we have to stop taking penalties. Mm-hmm. We have to stop taking stick penalties and lazy penalties and cheating and things like that. It just and you know what? Ryan had done it too often, and it, it's about the team. You, yeah. you got to stop. And he even takes one the other night. And it's it's it just it just feels like he is got some bad moods. He's got you know, the Charlie Brown cloud yeah, over yeah, him right now. Yeah, it's and, like, you know and because not only that, it's like they always score when he's in the box. It's got to be that just yeah, dreadful Yeah, feeling. but that one yeah. wasn't like. I didn't even think it was a penalty personally. But, yeah, you know, it wasn't out of frustration or anything yeah, like that. He was trying to get the puck. And, yeah. and, you know, we have to be fair to the guys too. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, I, I, I was more like uh, he tripped him, but it was like I've never seen a really, nothing bad happen for me. It was the puck. Like usually when you call a trip, it's always because the the you know you lost possession and things like that. Um, let me ask you about Goligoski. You know, he's somebody that I know that you have a lot of respect for, and I'm sure you want to do right by him. So I'm sure that he just wants to play, but yet you know that how important it is having NHL defensemen uh, here. He's going to play tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but so how do you handle that going to the deadline where it's like, all right, you know, yeah, maybe it, it, it'd be better for him personally to move him, but it's tough. It's really tough because, you know, him and I have a relationship, you know, we were teammates in Pittsburgh and, um, you know, we, we've, we've had a good relationship over the years. Yeah. I want, I want Alex Galagoski to be happy. I don't want him to be sitting in the stands. It, it I, I, it stinks. That's mm-hmm. one of the you know what? That's one of the tough things about my job, but that's part of my job. And I, I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to the team first. I have to do my job first Mm -hmm. and then I can worry about our relationship and and how happy he is and all those things. It's it's not easy, but I have to kind of, I just have to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, Hey, look, if there was, I'd I'd love all our players to be happy all the time, and it's just it's just not the case. It just doesn't happen, right? Um, you obviously gave Boldy, and I got some Twitter questions for you, but you gave Boldy the big extension uh, about two three weeks ago. Um, it, will you try to now work out anybody else before the trade deadline, or or are you being more patient? Like I would assume that Gustafson's somebody that you're thinking a lot about right now, and. Maybe Addy and people like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Honestly, like when Boldy got done, you know, I'm like, okay, what's next? What's next? You know, and Chris, Chris O'Hearn is and and Matt Sells are are, they're and Mike Murray too. They're they're really good sounding boards for me and just calming me down and just saying, hey, look, let's just (laughs) we just got this big one done. Let's let's take a little time, see where we are. So I listen to them a lot on on this stuff because I, I don't 
I mean, I, I yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd love to just start knocking off contracts mm-hmm. and getting our team set. Yep. And, and, you know, sometimes it's just, it's okay to, to wait just a little bit. Right. Makes you sense. Know? Um, let me ask you some shorter questions. Uh, Capri Sun 97 wants to know, uh, you said weeks ago that this team will tell you to make a move or not. How or when do you know that assessment becomes a conclusion? I think as we get closer to the deadline, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I really do. Capri, you, Capri Sun 97. Yeah, I know. More you, like Capri Sun like 83. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best. Um, here, Freddie Hockey Enjoyer is this, is this uh, from Twitter question. Wants to, and it, part of this is a joke that I've made a lot on podcasts. I said, how long before you sign Freddie Goudreau to an eight-year deal worth $1 million a season? <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Goudreau is somebody that uh, he's always, you know, somebody that fans, uh, you know, talk a lot about. They either love him or they hate him. A lot of it is depends, you know, a lot of it's probably because they know how much, you know, the coach, uh, you know, has respect for him. But he is somebody that trusts him. Yeah, he trusts him. He He is somebody that I I didn't know that was going to be this good. And he is your he's your typical like you got if you watch him, he's the little things guy. You know, if you really watch him, you you, yeah, uh, people that. People that don't like him because of the relationship that he's had with Dean have probably never coached a day in their life. <laughs> and when you have somebody that you trust, you go to them. You know what? And every coach does it. And mm-hmm. you know what? Freddie is Freddie's a he's a damn good hockey player. He's a jackknife. You know, he he can kill penalties. He can play on the power play. He can play center and wing. And and never if you move him from center to wing, he doesn't say a word about it. Mm-hmm. All I want to do is win. All I want to do is win. And, you know, watch some of the skilled plays he makes. And, and you know, he's just, he's just a good hockey player. That's what I'm hoping happens with Hartman here is just even getting back to the middle, knowing that he's back with those two might make him to just get back to the way he was playing last year. Or is, yeah, yeah. And know? that's what we want. That's what we're hoping for. You know, and I think, you know, Sam had, has done a good job there. And I think – I think Sam could help the other line, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a bit, but we, we need Ryan to get going yeah. and, you know, like you want to, you want to reward players for, for good play and this and that. And, you know, Ryan has not been playing great, but you know what? We also, we also want to help him get back to, right. to where he, he is playing well and get him confident and, and going again. So, you know what, we're just trying to get our team to, to you know, everybody kind of firing on all cylinders yeah. now. How would you assess also like Greenway and Felino? Like those two are are two others that just you know offensively, production wise, have yeah, it's fallen. I mean, I think Marcus has been Marcus, and and you know it just hasn't been hasn't been there. Greeny's been a little too much on the perimeter. I think both of them just you know need to just get in there, get their nose dirty a little bit, and pay the price to to mm-hmm. score goals. Like you know, I. I I I look at those three guys how I kind of looked at myself as a player and you know when when you when you think you're a finesse guy, a playmaker, whatever your game kind of goes in the tank. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, that was me. But when you have a grinder, blue collar mentality, yeah. 
then your talent comes out a little bit more and you're a better player. Yeah. Just look at so, the Brodeen goal the other night, right? Erickson Eck uh, plays like a man, takes the puck, and yeah. Greenway goes to the net. And next yeah. thing you know, Brodeen scores through Greenway. Yeah. Do the grunt yeah. work, you know. And, and, you know, when I played with guys like Madonna and Dougie Wade or Crosby, like I did a lot of the grunt work and like, Get those, get the good players the puck, yeah, <laughs> and then go to the net or get open right. or whatever. And you know, you, you, those guys are the same way. Like you know what, get the puck, give it to you know Eki or you know Kirill or Zuki or whatever, and then and then do the blue collar stuff. Like yeah. get your like get get the marks on your face and get get your yep. nose dirty. Take the cross checks. Cause that's what we were given like that, that those are, those are, those are the talents that those guys have. Maybe. And you know what? The other guys can't do what we, what, like what those guys do. I right. say we, yeah. but like yeah. they couldn't do what we did mm -hmm. and Basically. we couldn't do what they did. That's why you work well together. If you're both mm -hmm. doing your job. Right. Um, Pax uh, Dragoon asked if you had to known the cap was going uh, to remain flat for as long as it has, would you have reconsidered both doing both buyouts? No. Just needed it. Um, let's see. Um, anybody, uh, Nobs asks about knowing the, uh, having the number one prospects in the league, anybody that you were uh, particularly surprised with or excited about on Scott's list? Like, where you, or did you think the ranking was pretty consistent with the way that you guys would do it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said, I, we don't rank them like that. Like, right. Just, we, <laughs> yeah. I believe in all, you know, and this comes from my player development days. Like I believe in all these kids, yeah. you know, I believe it's some, somewhere down the line, they can all at least play games for us. Right. They can at least play games for us. Yeah. Um, Kirk Chan's asks, uh, how's Pavel Novak doing? Um, you know, have you, have you been paying attention to him and yeah, he's yeah. doing great. Okay. Um, you know, the development guys keep us updated on him all the time. Um, I scheduled to come over and, and, uh, spend some time with us um i forget when that is but yeah the, he's he's doing great and he's such a wonderful kid he's got such a such a positive attitude mm -hmm. he's just one of those just really happy kids so uh grandpa wisdom said I, I read it it was recently the anniversary of your trade from the blues um what do you remember from the day of the event and does it impact uh, your decisions that you make as a gm um it does uh, from the blues to the sharks, uh, because I got a choice of, uh, one of two teams and I, I picked the sharks, obviously I, I thought we had a really good chance. And I just, that day, I just remember like, it was, it was just tough. It was, it was a hard, um, that was a tough trade for me and I, I didn't play well. I, it didn't, it just didn't work out. Um, uh, you know, I, look, I tried, I, it just like, I just didn't play well, I, mm -hmm. I don't think. And, and, um, you know, I learned a lot from it, uh, which helped me in my trade deadline to Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Uh, it really helped me a lot. My, my failure in what I see as a failure in San Jose really helped me succeed in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's two different two different scenarios with the same human being and 
you have to be really careful on a trade deadline because, you know, if it's a, you know, if it's not a good fit, it can be really hard. If the guy puts too much pressure on himself, you know, he can, he can almost just psych himself out from playing well. Or, you know, if he's never been on another team, um, that can be really hard. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different uh, ways you have to look at it. But just from my personal experiences, yeah, it, it, it's helped me. Yeah. What um, remind people of the trade from the Islanders to the to the Penguins? I mean, you had you you were out of the lineup for a couple games couple because games, they were yeah. doing asset management. Yeah. Have you ever well, done that? I guess that? it was healthy scratch. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess that technically was healthy scratched. Uh, um, I was trying to remember it today because uh, one of our reporters was doing a look back at when Zuccarello was traded to Dallas. And I was trying to remember we were in the Ranger. We were at Madison Square Garden right before that trade, and I can't remember if he played that game. Or and that was his last game for the Rangers, or if they scratched him because I remember going into that game, there was a lot of talk that him and a bunch of guys were going to be. You know what's funny yeah. is I was at that game too, uh -huh. and I was actually staying at the Minnesota Wilds hotel, mm -hmm. which is kind of oh funny. really yeah yeah that's yeah that's, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because um, I was in to watch Zuki yeah uh, you know for for Pittsburgh and and Kevin Hayes and um uh yeah so I was actually in. I was actually staying at Minnesota's team hotel, right. which is kind of funny. Yeah, but remind me, but, so, so that you you were thought that you were going to go wind up at the Rangers, if I remember correctly, in that island, Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia, and then all of a sudden it just didn't. Yeah, and they couldn't make the other moves to make the cap room uh, to fit me in, and it, it fell apart. Uh, I mean, this is like five days. Yeah, I'm it was sitting, a long I'm sitting time. at home. Yeah, and I'm like, geez, I, like I can't. Like it's going to be really awkward to go back. Yeah. And, uh, um, and, uh, like, honestly, I think it was 15 minutes before the, well, it was, you know, first it was Philly, then Snowy called and it was the Rangers and then they pulled out and then, you know, 15 minutes before the deadline, he's like, how about Pittsburgh? And I'm like, yeah, Pittsburgh, that's yeah, fine. <laughs> that's great. And then I was just kind of like, you know, it was Garth Snow. Yeah. Snowy yeah. And, and Snowy was great. Like he was, he was just trying to. Like like we we're talking, like he was just trying to make me happy and yeah. and do the right thing for me. Um, um, and I just remember, like, you know, Kara was right there, and I'm like, I hung up the phone. I'm like Pittsburgh. And she's she she wasn't disappointed. We just thought it was going to be Philly or New York, yeah. and those are much closer right. and their their driving distance, right? And then I, it didn't even it didn't even dawn on me. I just said yes. That I think we we're in Pittsburgh was in tenth place when I got traded there, so we weren't even in the playoffs. Right. But then I was like, oh my god, like I'm I might get to play with like this Crosby kid or even Malkin. Or right. These these two kids are unbelievable. And then I played. So I met the team in Florida. Right away, I'm on a line with uh, with. Sidney Crosby and Chris Kunitz, and it was it was just awesome. Uh -huh. It was awesome. And then, so I told Kara that about like Crosby and Malkin, and then we we had scored a goal, and Dan Bowsma put Malkin on the left wing, Crosby in the middle, and me on the right wing <laughs> for for the next shift. And I was like, wow, like what a difference a couple days makes. Yeah, that's like crazy. It, it was it was. It was unbelievable, and I, yeah. I uh, yeah, that would that 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 honestly, that trade from the New York Islanders to Pittsburgh changed my life. Like, 
you you have no idea. Like yeah. it it really did. And um, I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent, oh, no, but it did it, it, it changed my life. And like winning that Stanley Cup, then just it, it these these players that I was playing with, they made me young again. Like I wasn't a grumpy old man. I was I had fun every single day with it, and you know. I love I loved it when they made fun of my how old I was and how slow I was and my old equipment and you know I'd bust air chops and they, they just it was just it was just great and then to parlay that into a into a life after hockey um, and then eventually a, a general manager's job like I, I that that one day changed it set my life in a different direction yeah it really and it, it, you had a really interesting relationship with with uh, Crosby right I mean it was like there there were like some funny videos of you guys on the bench where you guys give each other crap. And there were a lot of guys on that team that said you were about the only one that would like, that yeah. would like give him crap. Yeah. yeah. We had a great, we have, we still have a great relationship yeah. and um, yeah. You know what? I was, uh, I, I guess, you know, I, I was, I was so old and I had played on so many teams and I kind of felt like I knew what Sid needed, but he needed, he needed, he, he wanted help. He needed mm-hmm. help and just, he had so much pressure on him, yeah. so much pressure on him since, I mean, since way before I knew him. And you know what? Part of my job was just to, just to alleviate some pressure from him. And you know what? And we had some really good times and we had some really, really big blow ups. And, but it was just, we were, we, I was helping him and he was helping me. And, and it was just, yeah, it was really good. Like, um, and I think it, me busting his chops helped uh um just kind of alleviate some some pressure and some some uh uh tension right you know that was always there uh zach wants to know where does the trade deadline deadline rank in terms of your favorite parts of the season do you like it or is it stressful both yeah both yeah i i love even feel as a reporter yeah i mean i i love i i love the I love the competition. I love, you know, like last year when we got all those guys in there, like that was, yeah, that was, it was nuts. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, that's why you do the job. I, I love it. Yeah. Um, somebody wants to know if you think, uh, let's see, who is this? Uh, Mark Stanning wants to know, is there a player internally like Sammy Walker that you think could unlock Boldy? It does seem like Boldy did play really well those three games that Bol- that Walker were up was up. Yeah, I, I definitely do. I mean, like I said, like that, it, it, inter- solving problems internally for me is always better. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can ever, um, you can never trade your way out of problems. Mm-hmm. Like you can make a trade and, you know, I, I like even with the Reeves trade, you know mm-hmm. what, it, it was a, it was just a, a feeling, but like that doesn't solve everything. You can't, you know what I mean? You can't trade Okay, let's just trade that guy, then trade that guy, then trade that guy. Eventually, you have to change the – it's got to just come from within. And people have to – you know, everybody that we have on roster has to be the solution. Right. You know. Um, Skyler wants to know, uh, what demon currently in the system is the most NHL ready? I assume Faber. Uh, but what do you think? Uh, yeah, I would say Fabes. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he's, you know what, he's older, he's more experienced. He's, he's played in the Olympics. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's played on the big stage before. I, I yeah, definitely. Um, Spachik, I assume jumped in your uh, opinion ranking. Uh, oh, he's, yeah. yeah. I tell you what, he was 
phenomenal yep. at the World Junior. Yep. I covered it his dad. His dad was a heck of a player. Yeah, his dad yeah. was a good player. I mean, I played against him for years, and and you can tell that this kid's got an NHL dad. Like he he simplifies his game. Like we want a lot of players to. Like mm-hmm. he just doesn't complicate it. Yeah. Um, do you have a stand? This is actually an interesting question. Dan wants. Do you, do you have standing like check in meetings with other GMs, or is it always impromptu in the middle of the season? Like, do you ch- like almost have a list today? Oh, we're gonna call this guy. This guy, you know? No, or, no, no. I just, you know what? Who haven't I talked? You know, I'll, I'll look. Who haven't I talked to in a long time? And I'll be like, oh, you know what? I haven't talked to this guy. Listen, mm-hmm. and and you know, a lot, a lot of the guys, but some of the guys I just love talking to, and and a lot of times it's the older. I love talking to the older general managers. You know, uh, Lou Lamarillo, David Poyle. Uh, you know. Kenny Holland. Kenny Holland's awesome. He's so funny. And he's just such a smart hockey guy. Just, you know, Jim, you know, when, when Jim was a GM, you know, Jim and and Doug Armstrong's been around a long time. All these, the the older guys are, you just, you just learn so much from them. And they're, they're so, um, they, you know what, they, they care, they care about the younger generation and, and kind of what's, Hey, they'll, they'll, they'll fleece you on a trade if they can, but, But they do care about, you know, the guys that are coming coming next. It's re- it's really cool. Yep. It really is. Did you see Lou Lamarillo's quote on the uh, Horvat contract? By the yeah, way, yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just funny. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they asked him about what they yeah. thought of the deal. And he said it was too, overpaid. Too, and, no, too yeah. long and too much money. Yeah. <laughs> he goes next. Just, yeah. He goes. You want me to be honest? You know, that's hilarious. him. That's yeah. him. Um, Nick Lapointe goes. How often does a GM call to look into one trade, then an entirely different deal with different pieces end up that one? I mean, people always talk about setting the table for future. Does that ever happen? Where all of a sudden you, you know, I'm going to go with that guy, and then next thing you know, you're talking about somebody else. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and there can be, yeah, deals can grow, mm-hmm. you know, or they, yeah, they can they can just switch gears. Yeah. Similar question. Eric wants to go, have you ever had a trade you were part of where you were 100% sure it was happening and then suddenly the other team pulled the plug or suddenly changed the players, the germs? Yep. Yep. That's got to be frustrating. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And you remember. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and you remember for the next time. Yep. That's funny. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Well, here's a question. Like you talked about Rossi, what goes into deciding whether or not to bring a player up for Iowa? I'm sure it's myriad things, but he goes, you know, uh, like, you know, there, I guess what he's sort of asking is that there seems sometimes it doesn't matter how well a player plays down there. It's, it just, you know, he's no, we really try to, to stick to, you know, I think we've done a good job too. It's, it's, you know, it's on merit. Like Mm -hmm. it's, you know, we've called other guys up instead of Marco. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just using him as an example, it's, um, you know, and then there's sometimes, yeah, like, you know what, Damon Hunt was playing really well, uh, you know, uh, earlier this year, but it doesn't make, so like, yeah, could we have called him up? Sure we could have, but he's still super young. He's still got to play, uh, a, a lot, you know, a, more minutes than we'd be able to give him and we don't want him sitting in the stands. You know, we can we can call up a more veteran guy who who knows how to manage that and 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 you know, he's already developed. So mm-hmm. if he misses a couple games, it's okay. There's 
you know, like with Marco, we're like, there's nowhere to put him right now. So why are we going to call him up? We're not going to send, you know, we, we, if we had to send somebody down, they have to go through waivers and we'd admit we'd lose guys. Mm -hmm. So there, yeah. I mean, there's a, a million different things we take into account and, um, you know, but we, we really try to stick to calling guys up on merit to guys who are playing the best are going to get called up. Okay, three fun uh, personal questions, and we'll wrap up the pod. Um, Minnesota Wild Talk wants to know, what kind of things does Billy do to find some levity in such a stressful time like the deadline? <laughs> you know what? Um, well, I, look, oh, around the deadline? You know, I, I, I honestly, I, I just like hanging out with my wife and my kids. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's never a bad idea. It's taking your dog for a walk. Yeah. That's the best thing. Yeah. It, like we, we always say, it's never a bad idea. I don't care if it's, you know, negative 10 or, you know, 110. Taking, like when we w go for a walk with our dog, it, it's just, it's just so, it's so therapeutic. And right. Mind off everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know what too, but like when, when this, when everybody's in town for like these, these, these critical dates, I love the dinners. Mm -hmm. I love the dinners that we go to. And you know, you get you get Ray Shiro, you know, you got Chris Callahan, you got Richard Park, Mark Mowers, Dave McLean, all these scouts that have been all over the place. You know, we're we're just talking over a steak and a glass of wine, and it's more informal. And you know, Ray Ray's got Ray's got stories coming from when he was a kid with with his yeah. dad, and you know, or trades that he yeah. pulled off, and this and that, and like so. That's you know, I love the dinners, yep. getting together with everybody, and that that helps. You know, because after a stressful day, you you go and you. You know, you have a couple laughs, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two more for you. Brent Stahl wants to go, what was his rookie season like being coached by Herb Brooks and playing with legends like Peter Stasny, Scott Stevens, Slava, Fedosov, Claude Lemieux? It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. And, you know, Herb was, uh, like, Herb was ahead of his time. And, and uh, you know, I, I, yeah, he was, he was great. And, um, you know, just to be on a vet, I was, you know, the Devils, the Devils weren't a very good team. But Lou turned him around really quickly, and they yeah. became good. Yeah. My first line, like one of my first lines was Peter Stassi, me, and Scott Pellerin. Yeah. And Peter Stassi, was, it was like playing with your – it was like playing with your teacher. Like after every line rush or whatever, like, you know, he would, he would tell you. I remember him and I did an exchange. Like he came to the wing, I went to the middle, and I grabbed – and I got the puck, and, and I turned – to make the pass and he, he went we went back to line he goes don't you don't have to look i'm like well why i don't want to he goes you know we just switched he goes you know i'm going there just put it a little ahead and i'll just skate into it he goes look across the ice and just throw a backhander towards me that way mm -hmm. and it was just like a little thing i'm like oh, okay man and then you know you'd you'd watch how scotty stevens like competed in practice and you know how you know ken danico who was tough as nails like how much better of a player he was and like you would you would think just by seeing him on TV like right. he could skate and pass and you know Bruce Driver like all these guys that were just good veteran guys I was so lucky cuz I got to learn yeah. I got to learn a ton from those guys. Yeah. I loved covering games at the Meadowlands, but I mean, the, first of all, the press box was insane. Press box was amazing. Yeah. And I remember Lou used to sit right there at the, the like the last seat yeah. on the aisle 
And yeah, I mean, it was right in the, can you imagine how valuable those yeah, seats are? Yeah, I know, are? it's crazy. So yeah, people that don't know, I thought about this the other day at Mullet because in America West Arena, we used to be in the stands too, but we had an actual like built press box in the lower bowl center, like the top, like seven, eight, nine rows. It was crazy. Yeah, it was, I mean, the number, the, the amount of revenue. Primo they, seats. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, last question. I think, uh, Gon wants to know, uh, being a big star Wars guy, what color lightsaber would be, uh, would you choose if they were real? Ooh, what do you mean? They're, what, if they were real, if they were, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Oh, that's a good question. I think I'd go green. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wild green. By the way, I did the Chris O'Hearn story the other day and I, you know, I am amazed, you know, I, all the time that, that you came here and didn't, didn't, you know, with the number of friends and people that you know in this league didn't clean house, that you gave all these guys time and, and patience to evaluate them, and you kept most of them. I mean, heck, your head coach, your, um, you know, many of your scouts, uh, a lot of people in your front office. I mean, other really than Judd Brackett, Ray Shiro, and Mike Murray, everybody was retained. What what was it about everybody that, that sort of, you know, why didn't you come in with all these preconceived, like, that's going to be my coach, that's going to be my, my cap guy, that's going to be my right-hand man? Well, because there could there could be somebody better, mm -hmm. and um, I learned that from Jim, from Jim Rutherford. And Jim came into Pittsburgh, and I believe they they you know the higher ups there wanted because we were we were getting killed on our on our drafting, so he they wanted all the amateur scouts out. And Jim said, you know what, hold on, let me talk to everybody, let me let me see what we have here before we just clean house and come to find Jim felt that we knew what we were doing and he's like you know he only brought Jason Carmanos with him um so I I was like you know what okay I know Tom Curvers I don't know these other two guys Chris O'Hearn and Matt Sells uh but let, let me let, let me give him a chance mm -hmm. and, I, and I knew TK and I love TK he was he was great and then when I got there they just had everything ready for me to go like They'd really put in a ton of time. And so the more we kept, and every day I'd go in, I'd, we'd be there early and we'd leave late and we're just getting to know each other. And um, I just felt like an instant connection to these guys. And they were all super smart and they had a good way about them. There was no, there was no like to be playing and, simple there was no kissing ass there was no trying to climb or getting my good graces or anything like that <laughs> yeah they were just doing their jobs and yeah. trying to help and we'd sit around the four of us and those were some of the most fun times in in hockey that i've ever had like just kind of chewing the fat on on you know players on what we think will win chris's experience in arizona tk's experience in arizona and tampa and here and matt's with team canada and all that stuff. And I just, yeah, the, those guys are just, they're, they're just super smart and super good people. Yeah. And I, I just knew I could trust them. Yep. And, th and that's impressive because even, I mean, GMs always, when you're, when you're yeah. an aspiring GM, you're always thinking who I, I mean, heck that I mean, yeah, people, no, trainers, even team yeah. services guys. Yeah. Development guys. yeah what the heck, man, yeah. you got to see what people have. And even mm -hmm. Bruce, you know, like Bruce is a very accomplished coach. I'm like, I, I got to, I remember doing an interview one time and they were like, oh, well, you know, Bruce Boudreaux isn't your guy. I'm like, no, he is. Mm -hmm. Like, until you he, say otherwise. Until I say otherwise, <laughs> he is. So I'm going to see what we have here. And, and 
you know, you, you give everybody a fair shot and, um, you know, you always have the visions of what you're going to do, yeah. but then when you really, when, when, then when you get the job, you're like, Oh, okay, yeah. that's not going to work. Yeah. You know, like you, you, there are certain people that you want to bring with you, yeah. but they already work for another team yeah. and they're not going to give, they're not going to just say, Oh yeah, take all our people and I'll just yeah. sit here and have to, you know, go find other people. Yeah. I remember when they hired you, I was like, this is going to be awesome. We're going to have Doug Wade as a coach, Keith Kachuk and Jeremy Roenick <laughs> on the left and the right. It's going to be, it's just going to be like just team, you yeah, know, USA hockey here. And it's really, it's really hard uh, to, to, it's really hard to like not hire your friends. And, yeah. But I think it's best uh, a lot of the times. We'd get nothing done. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But you know, I do like having Mike Mike Madonna around. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to start being around more and more, which which I really like because Mike and I have we've we've been we've been friends for a long time. Um, but I really respect his his uh, his hockey mind, and uh, you know that that that's it's good to have him yeah. around. Well, hey, Billy, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, ho ho hopefully this team just figures out a big homestand coming up, as you mentioned. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tough, tough teams, but you guys have been really good at home for a long time now. Uh, you know, really after a slow start at home, got, yep. got it together. So we'll see. And uh, be, uh, you won't have to hear from me the day after the trade low line for the rest of the season. I'll just leave you alone. <laughs> yeah, I'll be probably going on vacation or something. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Billy. All right, thanks, Mike. Here's a word from one of our sponsors. Well, my thanks to Bill Guerin for joining Straight for the Source. As always, he's been on this podcast probably, man, at least a dozen times, uh, probably more. So uh, especially with the team uh, struggling right now and the trade deadline around the corner, I always appreciate him coming on. Mike Rupp joined uh, Jesse Granger, Rob Pizzo, and myself on the roundtable this week on the Athletic Hockey Show Wednesday. So definitely check that out. Uh, had a lot of fun with him. He's become a Toronto Maple Leafs troll. So... Uh, <laughs> You got to listen to that podcast. It's, it's very funny. Uh, follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a rating and review. Get a new subscription to The Athletic for just $2 a month for 12 months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Again, $2 a month for 12 months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Talk to you soon, everybody.